Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thriving Mosaic. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. I'm recording my first episode of Thriving Mosaic in my new office setup. And I have to tell you, it's not actually, actually, it is in the new office setup. Matthew and I, my son, uh, my 17-year-old son and I are getting ready to start working together. And so we have been working on getting a workable office space set up for us that we could both work in together. And so we've bought three of the same desks and we've put them together in a T-shape. So I have my L-shaped corner and he has his L-shaped corner and I've been working with Cliff over the last few weekends to to work on his, his webinars. He's been doing webinars for our Free the Dream conference and that's coming up in, in September of 2019. And so my office chair is in Cliff's office because it is set to the perfect right height for me. I, I, I took the time to make sure that that chair was in the perfect right place because I have short little legs. And with short little legs, if they aren't in a comfortable position, my legs will actually go numb. The chair will cut off circulation and my legs will go numb. I can't be the only person on the planet that has this problem. I understand that. But for comfort reasons, because I've been spending, you know, two hours on Saturdays in the chair, it's in Cliff's office. And I'm like, well, I don't want to just move it over here just to record, you know, this one little podcast. I'll sit in Matthew's chair. I'm 5'3". Matthew is 5'10". His chair is a little too high for me and I don't want to mess it up. So I am, I, I'm, I'm dealing with some like, this is not how it's supposed to be. But anyway, that, that's, just, that's just where my brain was at when I hit record. So I thought I'd share it with you. Today's podcast has kind of two points that, that I think that I want to share. One is that I am going to unapo- unapologetically talk about my 13-year-old daughter, who I think is pretty darn amazing just going to just going to lay it out there. And the second kind of spurs from that in a conversation that we had and, and an assignment that she that she had to do for school. And let me see if I could I'm going to pull some music lyrics up while we're talking here and and then we will be ready to go. I should have done that before. I'm totally aware of that, but I got distracted by the chair being too high. <laughs> not gonna not gonna lie to you. I just am not gonna lie to you. So McKenna, you could hear the Ravenscrafts many, many different times explain that McKenna was a surprise. McKenna was unplanned. Um, that like all of these things that 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 kind of put meaning on her um, arrival into our family. But what a lot of people don't know is that Megan prayed for a little sister for probably three years, probably three years. As soon as she realized that that little brother that we brought home wasn't all crack, you know, he wasn't, you know, 
everything that she thought he should be. Although they have an amazing relationship in it and it's really fun to, you know, to watch them interact together because they're less than two years apart and in school they were just one year apart. And so to watch their interaction has been fun. But this podcast is not about them. So Megan decided that she was going to ask for a little sister, very specifically, a little sister. And she asked Cliff and I, and we told her no. We had a girl and we had a boy, and that, that was all we needed. We, we did not want to have any more children. And, and, you know, that was just the way that it was. And after, you know, a couple of months or a couple re- times that she asked that we responded with no, she's like, fine, if you won't give me one, I'll ask Jesus for one. And so she began praying for a little sister. And Cliff and I would kind of like laugh at her behind her back because, you know, we had no plans to give her a little sister. It was just not going to happen. And I can show you, I won't show you because it's my personal prayer journal, but I found as a, an entry that dates all the way back to March of 2003, where I actually started praying for a third child as well. And that that God would work on Cliff's heart and that he would be open to having another child. The more Megan talked about it and the more Megan prayed about it, she started to rub off on me. And I began to feel like we just weren't complete. And so in July of 2004, God was laughing at us. Because, now, I have to tell you, I I didn't quite accept the fact that I was pregnant for quite a while. So I didn't actually take a test and find out that I was pregnant until September of 2004. And it was quite a shock for Cliff. And I was ecstatic. And Megan was over the moon. And in on April 18th, 2005, McKenna Jane Ravenscraft joined our family and completed us in a way that you never know that's missing. I love this child immensely. She, I'll t- I, I tell everybody, they'll start telling me stories about McKenna. I'm like, oh, she's something else. Oh, you don't even know. She's feisty. She's sassy. She's witty. She is smart. She is mature in conversation and she is just a joy when she wants to be she is also not a people person in large quantities or in long periods of time this year for christmas she hosted friends Just three of her really good friends came over and they had a sleepover. And we're here for, I don't know, 15, 16 hours, we'll say. And right after they left, we had to get ready to host family. And so my mom and and my siblings and their families come in and they are, they are, Their kids are younger than mine, and so they're rambunctious, and they're loud, and 
And she does really well. And on Christmas Eve, my in-laws came over. It was just her grandparents, you know, just Cliff's mom and dad. And they're here. And um, earlier in the day, I had talked to my stepmom. And she asked me how McKenna was doing with all the people in the house. I said, she's doing okay right now. You know, when she covers her head with her, with her, what we refer to as blue nighty, which was her baby blanket that she still clings to. You know, when she covers up, when she covers her head with blue nighty, we know that she's done. She can't handle any more people. She is not great with people in large quantities or in, in, uh, for long periods of time. And and it was on Christmas Eve. It was just my in-laws here. And after they had left, she she did very well. But after they had left, the, the five of us were, were left in the living room and she covered her head with her blanket and we knew that she was done. And we know not to push her. And that's, that's just the way. McKenna is an incredible young woman. And we know her quirks. We know that she's, she as a child was terrified of dogs. There is no reason. There is no rhyme to it. She just, nothing happened. There was no trauma. She was just afraid of dogs. Always. It didn't matter whose dog it was. She was terrified. Well, that fear as a, as a young child of, of dogs has turned into just a plain dislike of them. And she refuses to budge on this. And, you know, I completely understand. I'm not really a pet person myself either, but I respect other people's t- you know, their choice to have pets and, and, but, but she will not budge and not going, not going near somebody's house with a dog. And she actually had a sleepover with, with at one of her friend's house for the friend's birthday. And she asked ahead of time, are, are there, is there a dog there? And there was not. So she went, but McKenna completed our family in a way that we never knew that anything was missing. It was just, seamless and in a very beautiful way what i love about watching the differences between mckenna and megan and matthew is that her very young developmental time was coming as cliff and i were coming into breaking free from a lot of the beliefs that we had grown up with the you know living under the expectation of others the performance-based christianity the there there i mean there's a whole list of things there there's a whole the way we eat affected she is my she is my most healthy eater she doesn't really like fast food and that's okay with me um what else doesn't she, I mean, I could go, I'm not going to list all of her bad things because this really is about, she's an incredibly mature young woman and she hates to be baby talked. She's 13 years old and she's like, when are people going to realize that I'm old enough to have a grown up conversation? And she had a, a conversation at Megan's graduation party with an, um, one of Cliff's aunts and um, she was spoken to like an adult, and she still talks about that conversation. And I had the I had the opportunity to see this aunt 
of his at um, at a family funeral a couple of weeks ago. And I and I told her, I said, you know, McKenna still talks about that conversation and how much it meant to her that that you spoke to her like she was a grown up. She said that was one of the best conversations that I've ever had. Like she is a grown up. And I'm like, well, well she's not. She's still got a lot to learn. But we just are, are doing that slowly. So here's here's one of the things that I want to share about McKenna and and who she is as a young woman. She had an assignment for school where she had to write her top 10 belief statements. And I want to share them with you. I have her permission to share them with you. And and so I want to do that. Keep in mind McKenna's 13 years old. These this is what she believes. Number one, I believe that I am very lucky to have the family that I do. I have no idea what my life would have been without them, and I'd prefer not to think about it. I believe that I should have won the last family member of the week. I don't know why my dad won instead of me, but my guess is that it was rigged. (laughs) I told you, she's funny. I believe that curly hair is always better than straight hair. I believe that people should not have to solve a puzzle to figure out what time it is. Clearly, she's referring to analog clocks (laughs) and the fact that they still keep them in in school when she everything else in her life is digital. I believe that Valentine's Day is the best holiday. Now, this is funny coming from a Ravenscraft child because Cliff and I will both tell you Valentine's Day is a hallmark holiday and It's not a big thing between he and I, but I have always made, I have always made a point to get something for my kids for Valentine's Day, usually a stuffed animal. So now come, those, those were the, those were the first five and they were the silly ones. The ones that are like, she, okay, you can clearly, you can tell that she's 13. And the next five are her ones that impress me and wonder and leave me wondering how this is my child. I believe in the tear formula. Thoughts plus emotions equal to your uh, thoughts plus emotions are your actions. Your your actions equal your thoughts plus your emotions and those together equal equal your results. She knows that to have something she has to work for it and that her thoughts and emotions are what's going to drive her there. I believe that suffering from a lack of resources is never the problem. The problem is a lack of resourcefulness. Number eight is a quote from Tony Robbins. It is, she says, I believe that it is in our moments of decision that our destiny is made. Number nine, I believe that nothing in life is worth doing if you aren't getting either value or enjoyment out of it. I can tell you that this child used this this past semester in in a class that, so they have this class called enrichment, which doesn't really count for a grade. It's just to fill some time and it's a total waste of time if you ask me, but nobody's asking me. So there's my two cents. And the the teacher had assigned this assignment and McKenna's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. I can't even tell you what the assignment was. But she went up to him and she says, I don't want to do this. My parents have taught me that everything that I do should 
be bringing me either value or enjoyment. Not always both, but one or the other. And this assignment brings me neither. So can I do this? And she proposed, I mean, it was still on, it was still based on the same topic, but it was in fact a different assignment. And he looked at her and he's like, okay, okay. And that was that. It was actually a pretty funny article that that she did. And her number 10 is probably one of my favorites because there are so many people, there are so many adults who don't get number 10 and it's a big one. And if I knew, if I believed this when I was 13, my whole life would have turned out differently. I believe that I am in control of everything I do in my life, including my actions and my emotional state. If I can, t- I, I have things in my life that were done to me, that hurt me, but I am responsible for my reactions to those things. Things have been said to me about me it, that I am responsible for my actions and my reactions and my emotional state at all times. And so one thing that I tell my kids often is that, you know, you, you're making me so mad. No, you're choosing to be mad. I cannot make you anything. My actions are resulting in you choosing to be mad or sad or, you know, fill in the blank. But mad is usually when this, when this comes out because I am telling my kids that I'm not making you mad. You're choosing to be mad. Sometimes I just say, well, then I'm doing my job right. If you're not happy with me, I'm doing something right. Let's move on. Those are the top 10 belief statements of my 13-year-old. And I am impressed with her. She is incredible. And so I've already shared with you guys that because we talked about stripped by um, Strip by Little Mix a few weeks ago. And... I still love that song and it is an incredibly empowering song for women. And if you want to go listen to it, if you haven't already, please do. It's incredible. And just about loving who you are in the skin you're in, in the shape you are. I mean, seriously, fantastic. Now I hear a lot of music in the car on Monday. Well, whenever I'm in the car with McKenna, um, she is in charge of the radio, but every week on Mondays we we drive to hip hop and so she is the DJ she plugs in the she plugs in her her phone and and she works the music and so a few weeks ago I heard a song that that caught my eye I mean it had you know a catchy little tune and but it was a slower song, but, but I don't know. It, it's just something caught me. And so I asked her to start it over, which I do a lot. And we listened to the words together and we had this phenomenal conversation about this song and what this song meant. And she said, you know, mom, I had to write an assignment where I had to choose. Let's see. It's, I had to put together a list of songs that helped me get through my toughest times. 
And so she calls these songs her slow jams. You know, they are, I've already told you, McKenna, McKenna believes that she is in her, in control of her emotional state at all times. And this is a child who has, has a reserve of movies to watch when she needs to cry. She has a reserve of shows to watch when she needs to laugh. She understands being in control of her emotional state and, and she understands the power of positive thinking. And so we're listening to this, to this song and we started over and we're, we're listening to the words and we're talking about it. And the song is Not Today by Alicia Cara, I believe is her name. And where does it start? So I don't know. That's, that's the wrong song. So when I pulled up the lyrics before, it was the wrong ones. There we go. All right. Here's, here's how this song begins. Someday I won't be afraid of my head. Someday I will not be chained to my bed. Someday I'll forget the day he left, but surely not today. One day I won't need a PhD to sit me down and tell me what it all means. One day it'll be a breeze, but surely not today. You don't know what sadness means till you're too sad to fall asleep. One day I'll be snoozing peacefully, but surely not today. And so, and it goes on and it, and it, it, it shares more of, you know, the things that you can, can overcome or, or so obviously it's talking about many forms of what, what I would think of as depression. You're getting stuck, you're grieving. There is something has happened that has, has captured you in, in this moment. And so McKenna and I have this fantastic conversation in the car and she says you know mom i had to write this assignment for school and and i chose this song this is one of the songs that i chose and so here's what mckenna wrote in her her um for her portfolio about this song and what it means to her and she says not today is about seeing a future without the fears that you carry with you as of present day it appreciates moving on step by step and giving yourself time to grieve tragic events in your life. It shows that it's completely okay to not be okay and that there is always room for growth. When listening to this song, I always love the message that change doesn't happen overnight, but it never hurts to recognize the possibilities of a healthier future. And then she quotes the song and says, one day I'll get up off the bathroom floor. Oh, piece by piece, I'll be restored. My kid is 13. She's in the eighth grade. And she understands that change doesn't happen overnight. That it takes time to heal and to grow. And so I am kind of in awe of her. Because there are things in my life, there are things in my personality that I want to change, but I just want to go to bed one day and wake up and be different. But that's not how it works, is it? I know that. I don't like it, but I know it and I accept it and I, and I continue to work on myself. And so even I am learning things from my teenage daughter who is, who is getting it. 
who is getting it. And I cannot wait to see the adult that she is going to be. Because if she's learning these lessons as a child, it's going to be an amazing journey. It's going to be an amazing journey. And I am incredibly excited about what this child will do with her future. I I just really am. And so that's what I had to share with you guys today. My kid is pretty amazing. And I stand in awe of her quite often. I, that, that's, that's about it. That's about it. McKenna Jane Ravenscraft completed my life the day they set me in her arms, set her in my arms. It was, I am, I am immensely proud of her. I am ecstatic to be her mom and to be her safe place. She still cuddles, which I think is rather special. And it is, it is one of my greatest joys. It is one of my greatest joys to raise her in freedom, in the freedom that I found that has helped her to grow in freedom. It's an amazing thing. Thank you guys for listening to me ramble about my amazing kid and And she is, uh, seriously, she's special. So I very much appreciate it. Before I go, I want to say, if you are looking for a safe place to grow and to change and to work on whatever it is that you're feeling that you want to work on or need to work on, um, I have this mastermind that I am also in awe of. And I'm not just using those words because it's 8.52 in the morning and my brain can't quite process any other ones at the moment. I am in awe of these women and they their desire to change and to the changes that they've already implemented and the journey that they're on. It is incredible. It really is. If you're looking for a safe environment to grow and to change, maybe you want to check out the free to thrive mastermind. You can go over to stephanieravenscraft.com and check that out. I would love to have you join our group. It is, it is changing lives. It really is. Thank you so much for letting me ramble this morning and Until next time, live your life with purpose.